My name is Ray Park, you may know me as playing Darth Maul in Phantom Menace, Bone Wars, and also Solo and Star Wars Story. You're listening to Star Wars Stuff Podcast, the force is strong with you all. And remember, sit walk. Hey, this is Dominic Pace, who plays Gecko the Bounty Hunter from The Mandalorian, letting you all know you are listening to the Star Wars Stuff Podcast. Wishing everybody all the best. May the force be with you. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Star Wars Stuff Podcast. My name is David. I'm Colin. And I'm Josh. And this is where we talk all things Star Wars. And before we get started talking about Jedi Survivor here, we want to uh, thank all of our awesome patrons for all their awesome love and support. If uh, you go to patreon.com, look up Star Wars The Podcast, you can find us pretty easily. On the purple tier, we have Chris Simpson, Kevin Leininger, Devin McCaffrey, Drew Peters, Sean Greathouse, Zach Netzel, and Mariana Atia Arnold. On the red tier, we have Fenrir526, Maya Morris. And on the black tier, we have Maka, Tautala, Nathan Shank, Evan O'Paker, Liam McCallion, and Texas Vader76. Thank you so much for all your awesome support, all your messages, all your likes, comments on Patreon. It's fantastic. It's terrific. Thank you so much. And it looks like in the chat here, we have uh, Maka and Evan. How's it going, guys? So, of course, I know everyone wants to hear uh, Colin and Josh's thoughts on Jedi Survivor, all the reviews. Game's not quite out yet for the general public, but uh, what did you guys think of all the reviews that dropped? So, I know, um, which I know we're going to do our best, but Josh has been doing his best to stay away from, like, the major... I mean, there isn't that many... I guess there are major spoilers out, but like, I guess, Josh, you were saying you were trying to stay away from like the main plot points and everything that if they got released, so then you could just like fully enjoy the game and not like get spoiled like before it. Because, Josh, I cannot stress this enough. This is Josh's like probably his favorite Star Wars project that has come out besides Andor. And, um, uh, and we know he's super, super excited about it. But yeah, Josh, I mean, it's, it's sitting, uh, at like 86 right now for and I've, I've read a few of the reviews because they're not they don't have spoilers in them um they said it was a lot more gripping than it was last time story wise i'm very interested to see where the story goes um and we have new i've always loved like this series i feel allows them a lot of freedom to just add more um like new things to the series i think uh, Cal has already been a fan favorite from the first game. So evolving who he is in this game, I'm pretty excited for. Uh, personally, I don't know where they're going to lead to after this game. And that's my biggest question is when the, when this game wraps up is where do we lead to next? That's that's definitely what I'm interested in the, in the most. And none of the reviews have said anything close to where the ending is or where they felt like it ended and, continuing on for the series so i'm interested to see what happens it's getting interesting reviews comparatively to the first game so they said it's more of the more of the good less of the bad from the first game so the improvements on game mechanics as such as combat has completely been changed up so i'm pretty excited nice nice yeah i saw a few reviews today uh it looks like ign gave it a nine yeah an amazing ranking for the ranking system um and they say if, it wasn't a seven and they say if respawn <laughs> makes a third game like the star wars jedi survivor and fallen order it'll complete the best star wars trilogy in 30 years hands down mm-hmm. yeah right there 
So I know they were talking about uh, um, this series of being a trilogy, and I'm kind of on board mm-hmm. with Josh of where I'm just like, what's going to happen in this game that will like that will lead into the third one? And I know that the um, that Cameron Monningham came out and said that. Uh, at celebration of when he was on stage was give me the poncho. Not, well, that, <laughs> yes, ponchos for sure. But he, which it just kind of caught me off guard, and it was like, oh, okay, something my big happen because he said, do not spoil the ending. Something big happens in the ending that um that that affects the Star Wars that affects the Star Wars universe in a big way, and he said. If the chance played it early or when you beat it, don't post the ending. Just let everyone enjoy it, um, like in in their own way. So I'm really curious. Why I think I'll be going dark on social media for yeah. a solid few days. Yes, when, when get the release. Yep. <laughs> yeah, it's probably the one that I feel like people will be like wanting to talk about in uh, our Facebook chat or our Discords. <laughs> yep. Yep. I yep for sure. And speaking of that, we will be going live on Twitch. Uh, um very early in the morning on friday all the way into the evening i'm gonna have to like leave at some point in the evening because uh some of us are going to the 40th anniversary of return of the jedi um it's back in theaters and i asked josh to go but he's like nah i've already seen that movie and i was like all right because <laughs> i want to play yeah yeah no 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 i i, I completely understand and then i'm looking we- to do like a speedy playthrough to begin with get to the end of the story uh play on the easiest to get as much story as possible and then go back and try it for the hardest and try to collect all the fun things along the way there's um, so much customization too dude oh man yeah the the, the first round i want to like i always try and play the games especially with story games is uh to really involve myself with the story understand it and get my ending out of it uh be able to make like a criticism of the actual uh, story itself and then go back and then play it on the hardest difficulty. And I feel like if you play on the harder difficulties, it allows you to um, understand the game mechanics and see how much they've either improved on or failed on uh, in comparison to the first game of what people have been saying. Because I don't know, like if you you played the first, uh, first one, uh, it had its Dark Souls elements uh, uh, from software elements in it. Um, and then this one, I'm excited to see where it goes. I hope that it continues to be accessible for players who aren't, attuned to that style um it's always hard to make a souls like game uh, more accessible to people and i feel like that's one of the biggest criticisms from the last game is that a lot of people couldn't get into the gameplay side but the story kept them in there so i'm hoping that we they improved on that and made it more accessible for everyone i heard that it's not just i mean because there's going to be different areas of where you'll be able to fall out interact with different things and it sounds like there might be side quests like here and there as well that you'll mm-hmm. be able to do um so i'm it, it's more it's not an open world game but they have said that it th- that it has more of an open world quality than the first game uh and and right now the only planets that we know that have names is coruscant and kobo that we'll be able to go to other than that we don't have um We've seen, you know, um, kind of different environments from the trailers, but we don't know the names of those other planets. Um, and again, it's it's just going to be jam packed with new lore for Star Wars, new creatures, new characters, 
and it's just going to be building up to it. And hopefully one day it will build up to live action Cal Kestis. Yeah, that's definitely something that I'm interested in, and I'm wondering where they're going to take this. It was something that I was wondering if they do a trilogy is if you end with Cal either sacrificing himself and he dies for this, or we're going to get him in a live action. And I think we had asked that question before to you, Dave, and you said, get him in here right now. We'd love to see him in a show. And I think for me, I was kind of like, let us have a trilogy. Let this be his thing. Like he, he owns this game, this game series, like this, this section of star Wars, that is him, his. So I felt like having him complete his trilogy and then move on to a show would be great for me. But you're always saying like more star Wars, more characters, get him in there. And I think to this day, I'm, I'm always wanting him to pop up. So hopefully we'll get some answers in this. Um, Moving to like some of the reviews that I saw, main thing that everyone has been saying is the story is great. It's a great progression, and it's truly proving to be one of the best Star Wars projects that they've been working on. Um, the negative side that they've said is morally just technical issues. And I mean, with today's markets and stuff, I in deadlines and crunch, it's in my opinion, it's like, hey, we're going to be littered with technical bugs to begin with, but it's nothing that you can't patch out later. Um I, I, I'm okay with it. It's EA. It happens a lot. It, and it's like, hey, I'm going to run into technical issues. You can have some glitches. But, I mean, it'll be patched within time. So I'm not worried about that. Yeah. Story is my number one thing. <laughs> yeah. Especially for this series. And, 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 again, like, I'm just excited to explore. Like, there's, I mean, each planet is going to have so much to see. And something about Coruscant has, um, it's always been a very exciting place for me because i love the prequels and all that but i got a feeling that we're going to see places of coruscant in this game that we've never seen before um we'll we'll probably see some stuff similar like from the films and shows and and comics and everything off in the distance but i think um you know of just actually exploring like um the actual planet it's Mm -hmm. i we're definitely going to see some new things and um and I don't even know what the other plants are. And I know in the first game there was the um, there was the official ones announced. And then when you actually played halfway through the game, they later then like had that secret planet that you can only go during the actual campaign that you couldn't just visit freely. So I wonder if they'll do something like like that again. But uh, really quick for those who didn't play the first game, Josh, did we want to do a quick recap of what happened in the first game? Um, I believe, I believe is it five years yes or, yeah it's five years after, after 66 yep um basically cal cal was an old padawan during that uh order 66 um you I, how to explain that story without kind of like spoiling it <laughs> if you haven't played it um basically it's a padawan surviving out in the outer reaches uh he's a mechanic who breaks down old um uh clone war ships um, and then goes on a uh, hiding and uh, an adventure through the Star Wars universe, um, evading uh, execution by Inquisitors. Um, that I think the ending for that game was probably the biggest surprise for me because uh, I that's definitely one that I didn't expect. Um, what it came down to it, I think that was a perfect ending in that. It, it leaves it as almost a horror game. Okay. Um, I, I could just spoil it. Basically, at the end of the game, <laughs> you have 
uh, Darth Vader show up. Yeah. And, uh, it's on the same planet if you've seen Kenobi that's underwater. Um, and when he shows up, it is a full-on, like, there's no point in even fighting him. You just have to run. And I was like, that's really cool. Like, I, I loved that. I was really scared that we'd have, like, another thing where you kind of, like, uh, I didn't want a Force Unleashed kind of, we're going to fight him, and then you're eventually going to win or anything. It was just, like, just drop everything and run. Right. So I was I was really happy with that. So I'm under, I'm wondering where this is going to go uh story-wise, which is what I've tried to keep on complete yep. reps for this whole time. Mm-hmm. Uh love seeing a Gendai in it. That's my favorite it's this favorite species yeah. uh, throughout Star Wars. Um what the biggest thing for criticism wise of what's happened so far is because it is one of those games where you want to be frame perfect in your attacks because it is like that souls like game. If you're playing on, there's two different modes in PS5. So you have your higher fidelity mode. So you have your 4K, but it's going to play it as 30 FPS. Or you have your 440p, 1440p, where it's going to be at a lower fidelity, but it's going to play at 60 FPS. So for that first round, going through story-wise, I might just play it on the 4K and see how it works. But when it comes to the harder modes, you definitely want to be able to do your frame-perfect attacks because it is like that Souls-like thing where every frame, every second matters. So those are the biggest reviews. But yeah, everything's been going really well for story-wise. So I'm yeah. extremely excited about that. Yeah. No, I mean, and there's also the book called Jedi Battle Scars. Um, it's on Audible. So if you have the chance, I would go and, and listen to it or, or read it. But basically what happens in that book because that fills in that five-year time gap of um of what happens from is it five years or four years um that happens from the events of the first game to the second game Mm -hmm. and basically going into uh survivor you're gonna have the crew of the mantis split up um they're not really like they're still connected, but they're not. Um, some members are not talking to each other. Uh, you also have Grease that that went through a lot. Um, just to kind of talk about one plot point from there, he lost his arm from the fifth brother, which um, is uh, which that kind of uh, sh- kind of shook him like from going out on, on adventures with them and everything. And that's one big reason why he left and everything. Uh, but it's, um, it's definitely going to be interesting going in and not having that same, um, vibe at first of where the full Mantis crew is there, because I think that's what a lot of people thought that Jedi survivor was going to be at first where it's going to be like, Oh, we are going to have the whole Mantis crew with each other and they'll be going off on adventures, but it sounds like it's going to start off with like Cal just kind of being on his own again. Um, but yeah, super, super exciting stuff. It comes out on Friday, April 28th. Um, can't wait. Super, super exciting stuff. And both of you guys have PS5s, right? Yeah, we're both going to play it on PS5. Um, the speculation for how long it's going to be is 25 to 30 hours if you decide that you go ahead and play everything in the game. Yeah. So all, what we know so far, tons of collectibles, tons of different items inside the game to go and find, uh, fun secrets, and uh, new mythos that they're going to be developing inside this game. So I'm very, very excited to see where it goes from here nice nice there's also um this is also happening the same year as the events of, as obi-wan kenobi 
So prepare yourself for some type of tie-in. I'm not expecting like, you know, them being like, oh my gosh, we we can't hunt Cal Kestis. Like there's Obi-Wan <laughs> Kenobi right behind him. We have to go after him. I don't think anything like that's going to happen. But I think there might be some Easter eggs towards the actual show in some way because, you know, that's a perfect opportunity. And and we got a Jedi Fallen or a big Jedi Fallen Order Easter egg in Obi-Wan Kenobi because they had the planet from the game in there. Mm-hmm. So it, it would just make sense for Obi-Wan Kenobi to make some type of cameo in some way in in the actual game. But yeah. That, that, that was the, the only the biggest criticism that I had from that that show was that I have already seen like the big plot points of that planet play out yeah. through the game. I was like, wow, we're doing the same thing as the game. Okay. Well, we technically didn't see the the area where they had all the Jedi sympathizers and Jedi, right? Like of where they were all kind of like kind of cooped up in that weird glue stuff. Uh, no, but, okay. uh, having that whole kind of like machine where you like lay down in it, um, yeah, the same where, uh, the water like breaks inside of it. Yeah. Uh, and we were making jokes like you would have thought that the first time that happened that they would have fixed that, but they didn't. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I think it's, yeah, I think it's really, really cool. We're going to see a continuing in the future. Also like the whole, um, someone falling and then that's how you, they revealed that their Jedi is being like uh trying to pick them up with the force instead of like letting them fall. So I was like there's a lot of there was a lot of plot points that was in Jedi Survivor that was placed in Kenobi. So I thought that was pretty funny. But we'll mm-hmm. we'll see. I'm yeah. very very excited to see where this goes from here. Mm-hmm. There you go. Nice. Yeah. So if uh I think if anyone is watching or listening to us right now, if you're on the fence and buying Jedi Survivor, I think you should probably buy it because all the reviews have been stellar. Colin, Josh, and James are gonna play it. So if you have any questions, comments, you want to ask the podcast, um, email when, us. When the edition does get to me, I'll I'll do a whole unboxing for it. I know yeah, that is yeah. the exact same saber that you can buy at Galaxy's Edge. So if you feel like you didn't you couldn't get the lightsaber, the edition. You can purchase it from Galaxy's Edge. The only difference is, is there's the an end line. cap piece there on the go. bottom that closes it off. So because his lightsaber that he uses is his old master's double-bladed lightsaber that's been broken in half. So it'll, it'll be interesting. That's probably the biggest thing I want to see is how that thing screws on, if it's a different piece or anyone can uh, screw it onto their own lightsaber. Yeah. So I'm pretty excited. Yeah. Yeah, I know. That I... Um, that's just going to be so much fun. And then you have the 40th anniversary of Return of the Jedi, but then a couple of days after that, you got May 4th, and you got Visions Volume 2 coming out. Uh, so it's just like, man, there's a lot happening within the next couple of days, and mo- sometimes there's surprises on May 4th, so like announcements. Do you wise. think that we will get any of the trailers that we saw at Celebration on May the 4th? I would hope so. I would... M- the one that I would probably think that we would get would be Skeleton Crew. That would mm-hmm. make sense to me. Because it comes out first. Right. Acolyte will probably won't come out till later. That's the one I would love to see in HD because I remember like our entire row was like, lightsabers, let's go. So I would <laughs> I really, really would love to see um that in HD. But I think either D23 or yeah, um, yeah, May the fourth, one of those. 
Yeah. Um, and if you're buying it, as soon as you get it, download it right away because the game is a big download. Oh, uh, yeah. On PS5, I believe it is 150 gigs if you're doing high fidelity. So it is a giant file. Um, that enough download the, <laughs> the next i think the the lowest one is if you buy it on ps uh, if you buy on xbox series s that's like 89 gigs i believe okay. it's the lowest one you can go <laughs> i was like geez and the other thing is this game is meant for the new platforms um they have made that very clear that um that if you want the best experience you need to play on uh like on pc playstation 5 or the new xbox um Uh, one of the cool things that i really liked is they did work hand in hand with the people if you haven't played with the ps5 controller it does have different like haptic feedbacks especially with the triggers they said that uh this is one of the ones that they got to bring new technology in to the star wars universe so you'll be able to feel your ignition of your lightsaber and your triggers um that's cool it's it's like that if you haven't played with the controller uh it has some of the coolest like trigger feeling so you feel like retention inside the the trigger itself so i'm very excited to see what kind of feelings you're going to have with that controller what kind of sounds are going to come out of the controller so excited Um, man yeah very excited with that oh man yeah, it, it feels like everyone's going to be playing it. Um, if you haven't downloaded it, like Colin just said, you want to download that for sure. Um, I think I'm the only podcaster now here that doesn't have a PS5. <laughs> I have an Xbox Series X. Yeah. The Cube. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. That, that kind of makes me want to <laughs> buy it now and download it and have my experience on my Xbox. And all you guys will be on Sony. Well... Uh, the other thing is we are doing a live stream as well. So for those that, you know, aren't gamers, but you want to kind of know more about the story, you can live through, you know, um, through that. So go and check out the live stream. Um, it will be streaming on Twitch and through YouTube. So go check it out. It's going to be a long one. (laughs) Yes. I will be playing all day. I will be be a grind. (laughs) Yeah. But I will be playing the crap out of it and that's going to be this friday right yep this friday very very early in the morning all right cool so the next thing i think we want to talk about is uh some interesting news that dropped almost i think monday um which was something that i don't think hit like a lot of websites and a lot of people didn't really talk about it too much uh but it's the fact that it seems like ray is not going to be the lead of the new star wars film and i know they didn't announce her as the lead or anything like that but i think general audiences and, and just general fans kind of maybe had that assumption um but this comes uh to us from coming soon.net there's an article they posted, and uh, they, I think I believe Best in Bullets had also posted something, but I think they may have taken it down. I couldn't find it. Um, the article states, uh, while not too much is known about the newly announced Star Wars film, a recent report suggests that Daisy Ridley won't be leading the film she's set to appear in. During the latest episode of the Hot Mike podcast, co-host John Roca and Jeff Snyder of, the, of Above the Line discussed the new Star Wars movie. When answering a question about Ridley and potentially John Boyega's involvement, Roker revealed that Daisy really won't be the star of the film. Uh, in quotations here, uh, from what I understand, 
And what some of the rumors have come out of here uh, is that Daisy won't necessarily be the lead. She'll be like the Luke Skywalker or the Obi-Wan Kenobi of the situation, and she'll rebuild the new Jedi Order. Uh, these comments were confirmed by Jeff Snyder, who said she definitely won't be the lead, but a supporting character instead. So, Josh, what do you think about these comments? And did you think that she was going to be the lead initially? Uh, I See, this is a thing that I think that they're, in my opinion, they'll do, is they'll make her like the mentor character. Um. I wouldn't doubt that she'd be like a, a supporting actress. I don't believe that she'll be the the main. I'm wondering where it's gonna go. This is still this is 15 years after. I don't know if we're gonna do like a whole like I've had a child. You know how we had those those funny like images that people mocked up where like she's pregnant and she's yeah. having a child. But um And it's twins. Yeah. <laughs> God, um, please no. No. I don't know if we're gonna get like Maybe it's someone's kids and their generation after that. No. I personally wouldn't like it because I want to see something new, some crazy stuff, some fun stuff. Uh, who knows? For all they know, we'll get like a Grogu thing or we'll do something random with some new character. Old Jedi Master Cal Kestis comes in, swoops in, has his knowledge. You know, who knows? I, who the main characters would be is going to be interesting because this is still at the moment. It's just one film, right? It's not a trilogy. So it's hard to understand where they would want to end up going with this and what the future would be. I'm wondering if they're going to do a whole thing where we did uh, the whole kind of phases that we had through the high Republic. So high Republic is still going on. They have a end, a set. They had a beginning and now they have a set end. This is where it's going to end for the high Republic. So I'm wondering what they'll end up doing for this this whole episode where they're either going to do like this is the beginning of a phase that we're going to have we're going to have tie-in comics books maybe a game and then maybe a show or a, other movies in the future so i'm i'm interested to see what they'll do with it whereas the nope. dave filoni one seems like it's going to be a definitive end to like an end game kind of scenario to mm -hmm. explaining how the first order got to be where it is um, this feels like it is a new beginning. So it'd be interesting. Yeah. So Evan Opaker, our awesome <laughs> patron, he uh, he's wondering, is a uh, broom kid going to return? Could you imagine that of, I mean, of like, they're like training and then you see this kid that, that, that just has a broom and, and then they're like, Hey, and then he drops it and just grabs his lightsaber. And we're like, Oh wow. That's a great Easter egg from the last Jedi. I love that. I just think that would be the most random thing. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I think anything is possible. I think that's the um, kind of big unknown question is what exactly are they going to do? Who is the enemy going to be? Are they going to pull a lot from legends? Because people like that sort of thing of when they do um, pull different storylines from legends and make it canon. And I think that um, that going forward, not having any of the skywalkers i don't i mean i could see them doing ghost luke you know it, it it could happen i don't know if mark hamill would want that uh but seeing finn uh actually training and or maybe at that point he he is a jedi knight and everything that would be great having poe come in a lot of people were saying it's going to be episode 10 
I don't think it needs to be. I think it can be its own thing. Uh, I'm really curious of what the whole story is going to be. I think, I think they've hinted at it too. In um, uh, in the Lego. All right. So in the Lego uh, holiday specials that, that they do and everything, uh, in the it's not canon, but in ways it sounds like their stories are kind of like, oh, like you know, um. He, here's Ray doing this. Here's Finn doing this. And in the summer vacation one, they had Ray, uh, they had Ray going off and getting ready to start the new Jedi order. They had, um, Finn kind of not knowing exactly what he wanted to do. And then they had Poe, um, going out to explore the new, the, the unknown regions. So it's, and that was just a, you know, a small cartoon. So who knows if they'll carry that over? I mean, I always find, you know, that canon, in my opinion, because we got Max Rebo that came back for the holiday special and um, which I will always be grateful for that. But I think that uh, that we'll we're going to see some new force abilities like we did in the sequels. Um, and. I just don't need it to be anything with the Skywalkers. I think they can just leave that alone. Have a cameo from Mark Hamill. That's fine. But don't, <laughs> don't, don't continue like of down that path because you guys had your chance. It didn't go so great the first time. Let's just like, I mean, for box office, yes. But for, you know, story-wise for us, it was just, uh, there were a lot of mixed reviews. And I think of just leaving it the way it is, I think it's fine. I don't think they need to go down another path and be like, this is Anakin Skywalker's great, great, great grandson or something. Like, I don't think we need that. We can just leave it the way it is. Even even though Ray's a Palpatine, she's a Skywalker. So either way, we're continuing the Skywalker <laughs> saga. But no, no, no. Can't get away from it. Nope. Yeah, I think it's fine if they, if they continue the Skywalker saga. It's no. not that big a deal to me. I mean... I mean, you don't have to say the the name Skywalker repeatedly or point back to what happened in the original trilogy or the sequels. I mean, they can continue forward. With it's going to open Skywalker up. Stuff. It's going to be a whole bunch of like younglings running around, and they're all going to run up to Ray, and it's going to be her like behind, and then she's going to turn around, and then the kid's going to be like Master Skywalker. <laughs> <laughs> it has that feeling that we're going to get some young actors that are going to lead this movie to start it off because it feels like when you think about it if you want to continue something although if you have two young of actors to be the leads kind of like skeleton crew they can age out pretty quickly if you look at like stranger things those kids look like and they're like they're late 20s already so um and if they want to do a trilogy i mean that you're gonna to have to shoot it pretty quickly uh, but yeah, I'm just wondering about the story now. If if Ray is going to be an Obi Wan type character, how is how how's the main plot going to go? Who who's going to be the antagonist for for the story? Yeah. What's going to be the antagonist? I mean, what 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 kind of threat are we going to see? Uh, it's it's going to be interesting to see the direction they take this and take all of us. Um, we do know that there's going to be an opening crawl. That they kind of yeah. rectified, and it seems like going forward, all the films will have opening crawls. So now it's like, are we going to get a special edition Rogue One? Um, but 
Yeah, that's that's pretty much all we know. We know the director as well, uh, Charmaine Obey-Janoy, who directed Miss Marvel film, um, TV show episodes. Um, and I think she did a little uh, interview today that's on social media, making the rounds. And I, a little bit she talked about, I'm paraphrasing here, was the fact that she loves stories, um, no matter if they're male, female, about um, certain characters the main characters in the story that have to go through something and kind of prove themselves. Um, and I like that aspect. I, I like the way she's talking there, but yeah, it's, it's a total mystery at this point, what that film's going to be. And um, I kind of like that, but there was also another report. I think that that script is about to be turned in. So once that okay. happens, they're going to shoot right away. And that's the projected, film for 2025 which would be december 2025 right and there's also the report that feloni's film is going to drop in 2026 so james and i on patreon we spoke about this and it's like it's going to be tough because avatar owns the 2026 december drop date so could this be another kind of solo crash course in the may i dude it, it's gonna have a i think you put star competition. i think if you put star wars in front of avatar you know star wars is gonna win like th- th- that's yeah, no they're not gonna release it at the same time as avatar it's, the, it's it, they're both the the same like they're they're both under the same per, like company. yeah so it's like i didn't why would you fight yourself right um Something I did want to talk about though for um for the dawn of the Jedi um stuff is I recently got my hands on the new um Star Wars timelines book and it's amazing by the way. I, lo- I love it so much um because I'm all about the canon and I like love all like of the of the new stuff coming in the knowledge. But if you go to um to the beginning of the actual uh, timeline of the Star Wars universe, um, it says that the Jedi Order um, officially starts twenty five thousand years. Um, uh, twenty five thousand years. Um, twenty five and twenty five. So. It, it looks like that the Jedi Order will start 25 years estimated after what Dawn of the Jedi movie will be. And yeah, that's five years book. after the Force is discovered. Yes. It says, hypothetically, I'm going to get the package tomorrow for my Jedi Survivor. So nice. Yeah. That's what everyone was reporting. On it says media. it's tomorrow from shop. It says that it's tomorrow. So yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah tons of people are playing jedi survivor right now so okay well it might be almost like a tiered type of thing that they're kind of doing i hope and that of I, course, can, I can get it so i can download it and then they're gonna be like then you hit the button and then it's like hey wait until this time and then you're able to play. yeah that's what i'm assuming it'll be unless i go unplug offline <laughs> well well I, I i mean i know that some people change their time zones and and some you can't change your time time zone now because they it is all releasing at the exact same time no. every single place around the world is releasing the exact same time um even new zealand it's not coming out till 4 p.m in the afternoon so that it hits 12 o'clock here that's crazy yep they no. are like no one gets it early everyone's the same time er, so it's right funny. 
No spoilers. <laughs> yeah, I do like Evan's comment here. Um, could Finn be the main character in this in, in this movie? That that would be a nice kind of twist there, uh, because we've talked about it before that that John Boyega didn't show up in London, and he's from London, and Celebration was there. That would have been a prime opportunity for him to walk the stage, but maybe he's negotiating behind the scenes with Lucasfilm. Maybe he's he pops out in Japan, comes up on screen. He's like, "I'm back, ready to see a trailer." <laughs> well, I'm 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 telling you, I'm, I'm telling you right now, everyone would be, would be excited because he was robbed, man. He was robbed in and uh, in, in, in the sequels of like that in Force Awakens. That was such a great build up story, and then you just go to the next two, and you're like, "What happened?" And it was, oh man, I just feel like he got more. To me, he got more story, like uh, more character growth in the Lego holiday specials that came out. And I was just like, come on, man. Like of 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 him being a stormtrooper going to a Jedi, that's awesome. Let's see that. And we barely got that in Rise of Skywalker. We got him just kind of sensing things, and that's it. And uh and 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 then we got him using a lightsaber only once, and it was just like okay, but man. I would I love like, to see him be the main character. In my opinion, I feel Star Wars has a learning curve if you're going to make new Star Wars projects. And with The Force Awakens, I feel like that is something to go off of and learn from, especially having that be your first Star Wars projects being back into Star Wars from such a long hiatus. Um, towards the future of Star Wars, I would not doubt that he would come back to do another film or even a TV show, as much as he said he hasn't. But if you see what we've led into nowadays with uh our from games to to movies to books to shows um i think that he would completely be on board for something new um i feel like they've learned from their mistakes and they understand that it's not just like you can't just be like oh look star wars character and now you're happy it's like you have to be able to develop that and uh, show towards the future of what's going to be so i yeah. think i think he would definitely be on down with it as long as you can have a set beginning and end to his character and or where he was going to go and money. I, <laughs> yeah. I, I also love the fact that, that he's a big star Wars fan. He's a big star Wars fan. Um, and he was also, uh, he, he was kind of like the spokesperson for star Wars battlefront two when that game came out. And, um, he, he, he loves star Wars and his fandom is still there. And I think if he gets the chance to come back for this movie, I think it's going to be a big redemption for not just of him being a fan, but also for his role in the sequels. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And the other big factor, too, is that uh, he might be on the short list to play, <clears throat> to be Kang, the yep. Conqueror. So that's a possibility too. If that happens, yeah, he's he's not going to show up probably. But I mean, <laughs> there, there's a lot of people on the short list now to play Kang if they do get rid of Jonathan Majors in the MCU. And then apparently, but, Adam Driver is in the talks to be Reed Richards. Yeah, okay. final talks. That that's that's another kind of thing that's being talked about. That's so. wild. Could you imagine? Yeah. Hey man, that would get you plot the twist. Both of yeah. them going yeah. ham. On, like on <laughs> imagine them doing both like geez <laughs> man <sighs> flip flopping back between marvel and star wars that is a bag and a half goodness yeah yeah for sure 
So the next story I wanted to talk about is about our princess. Yeah. The one and only Carrie Fisher. That makes so sense. it was announced this week that she is going to get her star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. And the day that she's getting her star will be Thursday, May the 4th on Star Wars Day. That's cool. Which awesome. is very, very fitting. And I thought she already had a star. Uh, you would figure she would. But uh, it's come to light that a lot of Star Wars actors, a lot of original trilogy actors did not receive stars back in the day. So Mark Hamill, I know, recently got a star. John Favreau just got a star. And of course, now Carrie Fisher will officially have her star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. It will be right outside uh, the El Capitan Theater, which is a great spot. And that's where Disney, Lucasfilm, Marvel does all their big red carpet premieres. And I learned that they actually own the theater. That's why... They always have the premieres there. It makes sense. And it's pretty close to uh, Jimmy Kimmel Live as well. Yeah. So, yeah, Billy Lord, her her daughter, will be accepting the star on her behalf. And um, I'm going to read here a little bit uh, off of uh, walkoffame.com. You can go check it out. This is where I got the picture from. Uh, it states, uh, actress Carrie Fisher will be honored posthumously by the Hollywood Chamber of Commerce on May 4th, 2023, with a 2000th. 754th star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame in the category of motion pictures. Fisher star will be unveiled near the historic El Capitan Theater at 6840 Hollywood Boulevard. The Hollywood Chamber of Commerce has proudly hosted the globally iconic Hollywood Walk of Fame for millions of people around the world since 1960. About our honoree, fans will be over the moon to know that their favorite movie princess Carrie Fisher will be honored with a star on the Hollywood iconic Hollywood Walk of Fame. Carrie will join her Star Wars co-stars and fellow Walk of Famers, Mark Hamill and Harrison Ford on the historic sidewalk, stated Anna Martinez, producer of the Hollywood Walk of Fame. I'm happy to add that her star is just a few feet away from the star of Mark Hamill and across the street from the star of her legendary mother, Debbie Reynolds. There you go. Actress, writer, and daughter of Debbie Reynolds and Eddie Fisher made her film debut in shampoo uh, and went on to become um, a cultural playing Princess Leia in the original Star Wars trilogy. Since then, she graced the film screen in such hits as When Harry Met Sally, Hannah and Her Sisters, and The Blues Brothers, to name a few. Her television credits include Laverne and Shirley, Sex in the City, and 30 Rock, for which she received an Emmy nomination. Fisher's best-selling novel, Postcards from the Edge, netted her the Los Angeles Pen Award for Best first novel. Fisher penned the postcard screenplay for the Oscar-nominated film starring Shirley MacLaine and Meryl Streep. Three novels and two memoirs have followed Delusions of Grandma, Surrender the Pink, The Best Awful, Wishful Drinking, and Shockaholic. Fisher performed her one-woman stage version of Wishful Drinking on Broadway, which went on to be filmed for HBO and nominated for an Emmy Award. Wow. So yeah, long time coming. She's getting her star. The big three will be there. And you can visit them at the Hollywood Walk of Fame. I saw Mark Hamill's, I think, the last time I went. I'm not sure about Harrison Ford. But, uh, yeah, the El Capitan is is relatively close to the Grommens. Um, And, of course, it's tons of foot traffic around there. And you have the people that dress up as, like, 
Star Wars and Marvel characters. But yeah, it's uh, it's really awesome that that she's gonna be um, in there until yeah. until I don't know forever really. Um, yeah, I know it, it, it's awesome that Billy Lord is gonna be the person that's there accepting on her behalf. And when Mark Hamill did his. Harrison Ford showed up and uh, gave one of the speeches, and it, it was pretty cool. What were we going to say, Colin? I know if you go to Hollywood Studios um, uh, here in Orlando, they have the handprints um, of the actual actors there. And Harrison Ford's is there. Mark Hamill's is there. I don't know if Carrie Fisher's is there. Um, I would assume hers is, uh, but that's also something that's super cool as well and you've got like a lot of like um iconic pop culture people that are over there that have the handprints in there so i was just thinking about that yeah there's a whole process to you have i believe you have to be invited to be on the walk of fame and that i think you have to personally pay like something like twenty five thousand dollars for them to do the work and to buy the star and to put it in so yeah, you actually gotta pay some money. You can't just be famous and get it. Um, so yeah, I, I think it's an awesome thing. Finally, finally getting her star. So in other news that I think a lot of people are talking about here, and I think there's a huge misrepresentation of this story. And one of our uh, patrons actually posted it in our Star Wars stuff podcast group on Facebook. It's a story of uh, Tamira Morrison uh, making a uh, kind of a long quote about a couple different topics here. I'll put it on the screen. And if you're watching this on YouTube, you can see it right here and read it. But there's a couple parts of this. And like I said before, I think people are taking it out of context. When you read it, it sounds a whole lot worse than I think when he said it. Because people that were there... Are stating that he wasn't super serious. This was kind of a tongue-in-cheek type thing. But a lot of outlets are running with it, thinking that he's kind of upset with the production, with the Book of Boba Fett, with not getting the call for the Mandalorian season three. So I'll read a little bit of it. it I'll read a little bit of it here. Uh, it says, "I was supposed to be in the Mandalorian season three, but nobody rang me. I was waiting for the phone call in New Zealand, waiting and wanting to give up." So a lot of people were posting that. I don't think he was like mad. I think it was it was in a real joking manner um, that he said that. And he also states, um, or actually the article here says, while Morrison didn't reveal if he was hinted at or discussed as a possible cameo appearance in The Mandalorian's third season, he jokingly commented on how Din Djarin took over his show, expressing a similar sentiment fans had when they blamed the Book of Boba Fett for seasons three Season three is a mediocre reception. So that was another big kind of point of contention where people were like, okay, you interrupted the book of Boba Fett for Din Djarin's two episodes, which are fantastic episodes. I think those are probably the most rewatchable episodes of the whole show, even though it didn't contain Boba Fett to Mira Morrison. Um, and Morrison continued on to state, well, that Mando guy stole a few chapters of my book it was painful watching him turn up with some black new lethal sword. And the way he turned up in the Book of Boba, he just destroyed everybody. I'm sure this guy is uh, ruining my show, but I couldn't say anything. I'm not the writer, so I have to bear it, I guess. So, Josh, what are your thoughts on that? Um, it's funny because I think he is 
halfway joking and then halfway being serious. It And it, it is something that I think a lot of people have said before is that I think that if we had those same episodes actually in season three, just remove like him actually showing up for that battle, uh, it would have added to season three in a very positive way. That would have been a great kickoff for that season. Um, but for him, I, he's definitely correct in that Mando stole the show for him. But I don't think he's mad. I think he's happy that he at least got something, like an actually like a show, and that he was actually involved. So it, it's sad that it, the the show, in my opinion, could have been better for him. But he can't be that sad because he's getting calls to go for Ahsoka. He's getting calls to go and do a lot. I think he's going to start doing a lot of live action clones. Yeah. So but yeah, he was just he was in Kenobi. So I don't think he's going to have or, or be uh, too sad about that. And Book of Boba Fett season two isn't always off the table, so. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think he got a nice little vacation there where he didn't have to show up back to America because, of course, he lives in New Zealand. He uh, He's uh, relaxing in that Polynesian spa. So, <laughs> Colin, did you have any thoughts on that? Uh, just to kind of... Um, piggyback of what josh was saying like for you know it just makes sense that he would come back to do all of the all of the live action clones and everything and i'm telling you right now when we when every when captain rex makes his live action debut that's gonna break the internet i'm telling you because um that character is so iconic for clone wars fans and for fans from rebels and just seeing him Show up on screen live action is gonna blow, is gonna blow people away. And the big thing I don't, is, I think he's gonna be able to play a different character. Yeah, and we haven't seen him do that on screen besides him playing that clone. So him being able to full on do something different and new sounds great for him. I'm very excited for that. Yeah, and with Captain Rex, he he has a lot of emotion. He is not like he he's not like Boba Fett. He's not. Um, like Django or most of the other clones that he has played. Captain Rex does have a lot of emotion and that character's been through a lot. Uh, so it's going to be awesome to see that live action. They haven't officially confirmed it and most likely because they're saving that for like, you know, to be a surprise. I, I, I think mostly everyone is just kind of assuming that it's going to happen. I would be very surprised if it didn't happen, but it just, it's, it's going to, drive people crazy of how um on how awesome uh that character coming to live action is going to be but i think that he is um and i don't think that the season two of the book of boba fett is is off the table I, I i think it might come and i think they might answer you know some of what the fans r really wanted which was more bounty hunters I would love to see not just Bosk and Dengar, but I want to see Embo from the Clone Wars. I want to see, uh, you know, a bunch of bounty hunters and and them, you know, kind of tying into what what Boba Fett is trying to do on Tatooine. And I think that we could get there in season two if they end up doing it. It's not confirmed yet, but I could see them definitely having the season two around the corner. I think he would have kicked up a far bigger fuss if no one was calling him. 
If, yeah. if, if this was like you, you did your Boba Fett and you did your one cameo in Kenobi, that's it. You're, you're done and we're not calling you back. Yeah. I, I definitely think you would have seen a bigger fuss about it. I think this is a more of a tongue in cheek joke kind of like I would have loved the call, but, you know, it's fine. You know, I don't really care. It's fine. And then he's going to show up in other uh, projects, whereas if he was actually gone, I feel like he would have been properly angry and you would have seen much more about it. Yeah, I agree. I agree. So another person is uh, kind of spoke up a little bit about uh, the Mandalorian season three. It was uh, Katie Sackhoff. She was on Christian Harloff's podcast and she did kind of a uh, post podcast with them and talked about a lot of stuff uh, in the uh, finale and in the season that she couldn't talk about previously. And um, she had some really funny anecdotes and, uh, she talked about several interesting things. She said that when she gave that monologue, um, I'm, I'm forgetting which episode it was, to, um, I think when she talked about surrendering. And I think when, when there was also a point in time where she was trying to, uh, she made reference to William Wallace um, and Braveheart. She gave this huge, grand motivational speech to the Mandalorians and she said it was totally cut out almost. So there's a huge speech, a huge monologue she gave, but for time purposes, I guess they took it out uh, and she did address the, the episode lengths for the Mandalorian. And she said, she doesn't know why they're around 30 minutes or so. Um, she has no idea, but she she did state that they do shoot a lot of stuff that we don't ever get to see. So it seems like they could make longer episodes. It's just the way it's cut. It seems like Disney Lucasfilm wants to stick to 33 minutes, 40 minutes um, of actual footage. So that was interesting. Um, I'm trying to think of what else she she talked about that was kind of notable. Um, I just know that for season two of the Mandalorian of that first episode of season two, I think that kind of spoiled us because I remember watching that and I, and, and I saw the runtime and I was like, wow, that that's almost an hour. And then that whole episode just felt like a movie and I was blown away. Uh, so I think after that, a, a, a lot of people were expecting the rest of the show and season were, were going to be like that and then shortly after we got very short episodes um and for the unseen footage do you guys think we'll ever see that i don't think we will it's hard to say i wouldn't doubt that they'd post like maybe like a little cute little scene where they're like this is what we worked on but they decided ultimately not to go with it or I, th this is something I brought up earlier. I think I said before, it's like, I feel like these series, someone tells them like, hey, you have a thousand minutes to tell this story. You have this many minutes to tell this story. Uh, figure it out from where you want to place it. And they're like, we're going to put more time in some of these episodes. We're going to put more time in some of these episodes. We're going to have to take away a little bit from these other episodes. And I feel like that's what they did for the series. That would make sense in my opinion is how much time they actually have show running it. Um. I maybe you'll get like a DVD thing or a DVD release that has like some extra scenes and fun things that haven't been seen before. But besides that, I, I wouldn't really know. 
Yeah, I think we might get a little bit of stuff in gallery when that drops, whenever that drops. But uh, oh, yeah. also another thing she talked about was she was asked about if there was any type of talk or scene shot of uh, a romantic relationship between Din and Bo. And she said there were talks about it. And uh, her and Brendan Wayne actually kind of rehearsed a little bit a uh, kissing scene. <laughs> but of course, Din never took off his helmet. So <laughs> she was kind of joking there. But um, yeah, there was talks about it. Um, and Katie also <laughs> made, made this joke that might make the rounds and might have a uh, life of its own. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, Josh knows what I'm talking about. We're not going to mention it here. But uh, she, she, she said That's that good. when she looked at the reviews. She was like, I, I just look at all these reviews and I don't know. Uh, it, it, it feels like 70, 70% of the people love Bo. They're oh, excited yeah. for Bo. That's and then there's one. like 10% of the people just hate her. And, and there's 5% of the people that think I can't act. And there's 2% of the people that... <laughs> That... It's far more than 2%. It's far more than 2%. <laughs> I can let you know that now. Jeez. So, <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, I thought Katie Sackhoff was, was brilliant as Bo-Katan. I mean, it's, for her to go from animation, voice of the character, and then jumping to live action. And, of course, she was already an actress doing films in Hollywood. She's in Riddick. She's in Battlestar Galactica. She's done other... She, she's done a few horror films, which was kind of surprising. My wife was actually watching a film this past weekend with her in it. And I was like, wow, it's Katie Sackhoff. Um, but yeah, she's done like Oculus. And there's another film, another horror film where she adopts or she has a, she orphans a kid. And um, she was in, I think, Rob Zombie's Halloween as well. Um, so yeah, she's done a lot. She's accomplished. Um and I think she's kind of being held in reserve now, I think, for the Filoni film. I think she's going to show back up with the Mandalorians. And we're going to get to see her back in action again. But I thought she did a terrific job. I think this was totally Bo's season. Mm -hmm. uh, what season four has in store. I think we're going to jump back to kind of the bounty hunting, adventure of the week type setup uh, for season four. Which um, I think a lot of fans are kind of clamoring for. Something I'm wondering is, I think a, a good example of this is uh, the Halloween franchise, where when they started with, the, they had the first Halloween, and people loved the main characters in the first Halloween, then they had the second one, and it continued it, and then they had the third one, and it was meant to be like an anthology, and people got really angry, it's like, hey, where are all the characters that I love, and they're like, oh no, this is like a completely different thing, it's just meant to be different events that happen on Halloween, and I feel like that happened with this season, where it's like, the first one's about Din. The second one's about Din. This one is about like Bo's story. Like this is a full on Bo's story. And if you continue the Mandalorian and go like, hey, it doesn't mean just Din is the Mandalorian. Yeah. It means that anyone could be the Mandalorian. It's it's hard to see if people will be accepting of that or they're trying to push it away. And I think that's some one of the biggest issues they're having. People are having right now. It's like I didn't feel like this was Din's story, and it's like it's not. It's it's not at all. It's what it means to be a Mandalorian, and this is Bo's story. So it'll be interesting towards the future of where we can go with this. 
I, I wonder if we'll pull back to try and be more about Din's story, even though I personally feel like, hey, after Ahsoka, this is where stuff gets serious because everyone's all happy throughout the galaxy, apparently, until Ahsoka happens and then something else happens past that where they would could lead into a season four of Man. Thrawn! <laughs> so it's interesting. I'm, I'm wondering where we're going to go with it. Because, yeah, that, course- the ending for, yeah, like Mando season three was just happy ending nothing more can happen so yeah. i was like there, there's got to be something that breaks everyone's happiness i will remember the morning that um that i got done watching it i i i came into work and i looked at josh and we just both looked at each other and we were like <laughs> what was that like <laughs> that ending was just it it threw off so many people and i remember um on my way in i was on the phone with david and I was just like, did we just watch the ending of a Looney Tunes cartoon? Like, <laughs> like what happened? And I, I watched it the second time and I was like, okay, I'm more at peace with it. But I remember the first watch, I was like, I couldn't wrap my head around what happened. Um, yeah, man, man. Yeah. Um, and it was so weird of jumping from, and I think I can't be the only one, but I think having an episode with, Jack Black and Lizzo, and then jumping to the last two episodes that we got threw off a lot of people. <laughs> yeah. I think it threw off a lot of people because it, it was like, oh, like here's a fun, um, a fun, uh, law and order type episode, and then we jumped to, um, to let's take back Mandalore, and it just jumped from you know a fun episode to a very serious, uh, hanging on the edge of your seat type episodes and it was great but it was kind of weird jumping from an episode like that to something very serious yeah katie sackoff actually did bring up jack black and lizzo she said that she didn't know that they were cast until the day of shooting that's funny and she said that it was hard for her to keep a straight face in front of jack black because she's like i'm such a big fan you just Look at the guy, and you just want to start laughing and smiling. And it's Jack and yet, Black, yeah. Like it's <laughs> yeah, yeah. And of course, Christopher Lloyd as well. She was just starstruck, and she said she took a lot of pictures. And um, she said they're all on her phone. She wants to post them, but she just doesn't want to uh, make her employer angry and by posting them. But she's she stated that she's she's seen other people on the set post stuff, so. That's the lead she's taking and just posting similar stuff. But uh, yeah, she she is a big fan. And um, she also talked about how some fans will try and some fans don't really know her background and know her fandom and will try and mansplain stuff to her online. (laughs) And uh, yeah, she made a big joke about that. So. Yeah, she's uh she's a pretty cool person and I'm glad she does podcasting and she speaks about things. So uh it would be a dream to get her on our show. And uh she does a lot of conventions and I'm not sure if she's going to do one at any point in the Texas area. I know Dallas Fan Expo is happening. Hayden Christensen is going to be there uh next month, I believe. So um yeah, she uh, I don't know what's up next for her, really. Um I don't know what other project she's doing. I don't think she has an existing show on Netflix anymore. 
because she had Longmire and she had, um, I believe, a show called Another Life. And I think they're both kind of done. But uh, yeah, I'm excited that she's Bo. And I think she's always going to come back. And uh, um, that Filoni film, I'm looking forward to that. For, for her to actually show up. So. Yeah. So two other actors that we now know for sure that are going to show up in yeah. Andor season two are going to be one way out. Let's go. And force Whitaker. And this story comes to us via Bestman Bulletin. Uh, the headline is Kino Loy and Saw Guerrera confirmed return in Star Wars Andor season two. So the article states, Kino Loy, the character portrayed by Andy Serkis in Andor Season 1, became an instant fan favorite during the events of the Narkina 5 arc, which saw the character inspire fellow prisoners, including Cassian Andor, and led them, that led them to freedom. Devastatingly, Loy himself failed to escape the Imperial prison, which led to the belief that though Kino saved the lives of possibly thousands of prisoners, he lost his own. The scene in which Loy watches his fellow prisoners leap to freedom whilst uh, he comes to the realization that there's no escape for him because um, for himself became a standout moment from the season, which uh, with the Narkina 5 arc itself uh, receiving tremendous praise, as did Circus's performance. Uh, shortly after no. the arc aired, Andor showrunner Tony Gilroy and director Toby Haynes both uh, teased that Kino Loy survived the events of Andor season one, but gave no hints as to how or whether or not the character would appear in the second and final season of the Star Wars series. Back in March, the Andor season two production ventured to Valencia, Spain, where various scenes were shot, including casting Andor and Mon Mothma attempting to escape a building on Coruscant, a meeting between Mothma and Luthen Rail, uh, and stormtroopers descending on a building with Rail, which Rail is in. However, a report from uh, the location claimed that Andy Circus had been involved in the shoot, uh, which took place in the city of arts and science. Hmm. So it looks like Andy Circus is going to show up for sure. I guess it's a little bit of a spoiler, but uh, I think people are kind of wanting him. I mean, the size of his star really, I mean, kind of deserves it in a way, I think. And the fact that Andy Circus had been Snoke before. And kind of had to exit Star Wars kind of quickly and uh, unexpectedly in his role as Snoke. And the fact that hopefully the Mandalorian leads up to Snoke stuff. Um, that's a possibility he might return for that. But I think this is totally welcome to see Andy Circus, who Colin and I got to meet in London for celebration. Yeah. Uh, is back. And um, also Forrest Whitaker is going to be back. That's a confirmation that I think that I think all of us kind of assumed we, we that he would be back. Sure. Did we see him in that trailer? Yeah, we did. That little preview thing we got. Yeah. Yeah, the uh the trailer at Celebration for Andor season 2 that nobody else saw except for us at Celebration, I think. I don't think that trailer hit YouTube or anything like that. So I don't think it really yeah, because it wasn't really a trailer. It was just kind of like showing little things that they had. Not had a characters going. like walking. Yeah, because they had that big thing that said like this is still in production, like nothing's finished yet. And they and then they had that whole thing where they couldn't film in the same place, but then they had to use the volume or hopefully and 
So. Right, right, right. So yeah, we're gonna get those two characters back, and um, I'm excited for that. It's gonna seems like the season's gonna move faster, and we're gonna get three episode arcs of entire years leading up to the events of Rogue One. And Tony Gilroy is super excited because he he says it's easy to write when you know what the ending is. So apparently he's confident and we're going to get something really cool. And um, hopefully we get K2SO back as well. That's another character I'm hoping we get some type of announcement or mm-hmm. speculation on. I mean, it's it's a no-brainer t- to have them meet. And I was surprised not to see it in, in the trailer that we got a celebration of them. I mean, which, again, that might be a moment where they're kind of holding it off to, for the audience to be like, oh, my gosh, like, look, it's K2SO. And I think it's just kind of a uh, thing where it's like most likely they're going to have it to where, um, to where it's going to be a surprise, even though the audience probably knows it's going to happen. But... I'd be blown away if they didn't have the introduction of him meeting K2SO in in the second season. And we know that the end of the show leads directly into Rogue One. So it makes sense. But yeah. So the other story I have is uh, not a Star Wars related story necessarily. Um, but it is an update. Uh, and kind of does tie into Andor because... It's an update on uh, Gareth Edwards. He has a new film coming out that's very star-studded. And uh, Kiri Hart, formerly of Lucasfilm, is producing. And this is just a little article from Collider that I found. So it states that Gareth Edwards' science fiction adventure where humans confront angry robots just got a new name for itself as a movie that was previously titled True Love will now be released as the creator according to Deadline. The change was announced during Disney's presentation at this year's CinemaCon, where the first trailer for the film was presented uh, to those in attendance. The name for the story wasn't the only thing that changed, uh, as the creator will now release in theaters on September 29th instead of October 26th. The new date gives the project a week breathing room before titles like Craven and The Killers of the Flower Moon. So I'm happy for him, Gareth Edwards. He is a huge Star Wars fan. And... Um, we we've spoken about all the reports that how Tony Gilroy kind of came in and kind of took over Rogue One and uh, Gareth Edwards totally did um, cooperate with stuff that kind of wasn't going the way that Kathleen Kennedy and Lucasfilm all the executives wanted it to go. So um, he still stuck around and and worked on the film and uh, did what he could and. I always think about this. It's like if you're a huge Star Wars fan, you're directing a Star Wars film. Think about the amount of pressure and what goes through someone's mind creating something like a Star Wars film or trilogy. Like what J.J. did as well. I, I kind of marvel at the fact that the, the film came out as good as it did with The Force Awakens. And of course, he directed The Rise of Skywalker too, but... Colin Trevorrow was supposed to direct that and he was let go. And then JJ had to kind of swoop in there, but I'm glad to see Gareth Edwards kind of land on his feet, so to speak after, after his uh, last thing he directed, which is essentially rogue one. So happy for him. 
So does anyone uh, have anything else they want to talk about as far as uh, do you got any more Jedi Survivor stuff that's uh, crept into your mind that you want to talk about? I think there's a lot, but I think like it's probably I, I I'm worried for Josh because I'm afraid that like something's <laughs> going to pop online and then he is going to get spoiled. And I just don't want that to happen. It'll be fine. <laughs> you, till you'll just be scrolling on Facebook and the entire plot is just like in one picture. Come on, no! <laughs> <laughs> no! Oh, come on! It would be sad. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, no. Uh, I'm just excited for... So, yes, we went to Celebration. It's over. But, you know, the that feeling that I got at Celebration is still there because we've got Visions, we've got... <clears throat> we've got jedi survivor um you know uh again and I'm, I'm 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 i was talking with someone about this today and i was really really excited about it but it's like yes we've seen return of the jedi you know before of course it's fine it's a movie we've seen but what i'm excited about is seeing star wars in the theater again seeing it with a crowd of people uh and just um and just Seeing it with other Star Wars fans, that mm-hmm. is what I fell in love with, is going to the cinema, sitting there, having, a, I think, a popcorn, and just, you know, hearing everyone have very similar reactions as me to the scenes happening in front of me. And and just seeing it with a crowd, I can ask us enough, is is awesome. And, uh, and Max Rebo is coming back for his awesome uh, appearance that he made all the way back in 1983. After 40 years, he's back on the big screen. So I am excited. Very, very excited. Yeah. Uh, And then we got season, we got volume two of Visions that's coming out on May 4th. Uh, We've got D23 coming up. Is it, it's not in May, is it? Or is it happening at some point this year, Josh? I I haven't been following with that. For Star Wars Visions? No, 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 no. For, uh, For D. D23 usually happens in a non-celebration year. I don't think it's happening this year. They do like a mini version of it. They don't do like a full version of it. It's happening in Florida this time, I believe, as well. Uh, Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, it's usually like biannually. Mm -hmm. But yeah, uh, Star Wars Day is coming up May 4th. Like Colin said, Visions 2. Uh, You're going to get to see Carrie Star. Um, And of course, I think what I'm going to try and do is I'm going to podcast during the day. I think James said he's going to join us. So uh, we're going to try and get other people involved here and just talk Star Wars pretty much the whole day. Yeah, D23 is September 8th through 10th. Okay. Uh, okay. This year. Um, I know, so there's going to be a bunch of us going to Galaxy's Edge that day, uh, including um, uh, a couple of people that have been on the podcast. I think we're waiting to... The, to officially say it when they arrive but it's going to be fun it's going to be a lot of fun um and then uh we'll be live streaming all day we're going a couple of days before and there's going to be some things most likely that will be announced that day i could see them you know dropping the trailer for skeleton crew i think that would be a lot of fun to talk about uh but there's that possibility that things will drop. And then what they also did last year was they just dropped the new lightsabers at galaxy's edge. And then they just didn't like 
you know, they didn't have like an official announcement like the day before. It was just like, okay, if you go here, there might be something in there because I think what, uh, Josh, they had, um, was it Anakin and Obi Wan's lightsabers or mm-hmm. was it okay? Yeah. yeah. So they just had just a bunch of different things and they always come out with like exclusive May 4th stuff. So if you live near like a Disney store or something, most likely they'll have pins and, and, and different May 4th merch, but mm-hmm. well, I treat that day like Christmas. I love that day. <laughs> All right. Yeah. And if you're watching this on YouTube, uh, hit that subscribe button, hit like, uh, hit the little bell to notify. Uh, you can also find us on Instagram. Uh, we're dropping posts every day at Star Wars Stuff Podcast. Uh, we're also on Twitter at Stuff Pod. Uh, you can find us uh, on Patreon at Star Wars Stuff Podcast 2187. We're also on TikTok. You can email us uh, your thoughts, your comments at Star Wars Stuff Podcast at gmail.com. We're on Facebook. We have a page. We have a group. Uh, we post memes there just about every day. Uh, shout out to Tim Sites who pretty much posts every single day on there. Um, if you're listening to us on a podcast app on your phone or on your desktop, or whatever device, uh, if you're on Apple Podcasts, give us five stars. Drop a comment. Also on Spotify, give us five stars there. We'd really appreciate it. Uh, you can help other people find us a whole lot uh, faster, easier. And um, also, we're, we have a gaming channel. Uh, we had up earlier on Twitch, Star Wars Stuff Gaming. You're going to want to check that out for Star Wars uh, Jedi Survivor. And also, uh, we have a website you can uh, go to and uh, see everyone's bio. And uh, in the future, we hope to have stories on there uh, at stuffpodcastnetwork.com. So, lots of stuff. We're pretty much everywhere online, everywhere that you can find podcasts. So, check us out there. And... Have one more comment here uh, from late to the party as uh, has been listening and editing at the same time. Good show. Y'all thanks. Thanks so much. And for Colin, Josh and myself, David, may the force be with you. Always. <laughs> <laughs>